You're listening to the Go Adventure Mom podcast, episode seven. This episode is brought to you by Mir Bambini Balance Bikes. Check out Mir at MIIR.com. They make these fantastic balance bikes for kids. We've got a three-year-old and he has been shredding up the neighborhood with his balance bike. He's finally figured out how to sit on it. He couldn't figure out how to sit for a little bit, but now he is cruising everywhere and it is such a blast. Definitely helps with stability and that kind of balance hand-eye coordination. And it's been really awesome to see. Check out our Instagram feed. We've got some great pictures on there at Go Adventure Mom. Welcome to the Go Adventure Mom podcast, where having kids only adds to the adventure. Get outdoors, see the world, live a full life. Go Adventure Mom, for families who refuse to be indoorsy people. Now, let's go adventure with Kathy Dalton. Hello, this is Kathy Dalton. Today, we are chatting with my partner in crime, Miss Mary Edwards. Mary has recently traveled to Nepal, and she will be sharing the great sisterhood and stories about some of the incredible women that are rising after the earthquake. And you'll want to stay tuned to the end because Mary's going to share ways that we can help this community of women. You can find the show notes at goadventuremom.com forward slash podcast, or you can click on the category drop down menu that says podcast, and we'll have our show notes there. We'll have links and pictures, some things that we refer to in the show and some pictures of Mary with some of these awesome women doing these great things. Now, some of you may know that Mary and I are partners in crime. My husband likes to refer to us as Liz Lemon because we get out there and we kind of just do our own thing and we have a great time together. Welcome, Mary. Thank you, Kathy. We do have a good time. So we met, gosh, I don't know how many years ago, five years ago, six years ago? Probably about six years ago. Six years ago when our kids were in preschool together. And Mary's got twin girls, and I have a little boy, and he just would come home talking about these darling little girls, and and Mary and I, we've had the chance to connect together. Mary uh, used to run a girls' camp, and she's worked for the Utah Symphony and Opera. She's got a background in communications, and for the last five years, she's been part of the Go Adventure Mom team. And we've done some really fun, awesome things together and really excited for Mary to be here and share about a recent trip that she went on to Nepal. But before we jump into that, Mary, let's talk about your favorite place to go and adventure. Oh, you know, I love the Mighty Five National Parks in Utah. We go to Zions almost every year. We hit Bryce Canyon once every two years. We haven't taken our girls yet, but that's where Steve and I honeymooned was in the arch, the arches and Canyonlands. And so we always buy a national park pass because we want to support the parks, but also we're just always in the parks in Utah and we love them. And then this summer I had a chance to go to the Swiss Alps and I love that, but I haven't frequented the Swiss Alps like I have the canyons and national parks in Utah. Well, tell us a little bit about the Swiss Alps, because you and your husband, you were trekking. You weren't just there to like sightsee and eat all the cheese, right? <laughs> well, we did that, but we were, <laughs> we definitely kind of roughed it. We stayed in these beautiful little chalets in the, the Swiss Alps. So you didn't always have warm water, you know, at least we did have water. And we averaged about 20 miles a day 
just out hiking these beautiful mountains in the Alps. It sounds so awesome. So you, Mary knows this, but I love entrepreneurship. And one thing that Mary and I definitely share is this desire to support other women and to, and to help other women to achieve their goals and, and to live their dreams and to do great things. And I think that's very much at the heart of Go Adventure Mom. And I think that's why we've been able to connect and do some really cool things. About 10 years ago, I started my own company called Little Stinker. Uh, it was a baby butt spray. It was a great learning process. Put together a business plan and competed in this cool like business plan competition, kind of like Shark Tank style. And and that was just really eye-opening because that was not something that I started out in life or went to college to go and do, but was able to find people to support me and, and to ask a lot of questions and to develop a product and to launch a product, I think was was really eye-opening. So there's always like this this place in my heart for other women that are that are starting their businesses or, or have their own businesses and are doing great things. And how long has it been? Six months ago? Has it been that long? Um, it's been a little over six months. It was probably okay. about nine months ago. Okay. And I agree with you. I think that as women, we all need support in everything that we're doing, but especially in um, business and as entrepreneurs. And I love the outdoor industry. There are so many opportunities for women to influence and impact the outdoor industry. And we also really focus on supporting women entrepreneurs in that industry as well. But when I went to Nepal, it was with Coca-Cola. And Coca-Cola has this really awesome initiative called 5 by 20. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to economically empower 5 million women by the year 2020 who are in developing countries. And they're doing that across their value chain, meaning that they want to work with the small business owners that they work with, who um, some of the farmers, the recyclers, but also the retailers, those small business owners who sell Coke products and artisans throughout those developing countries. So they work with those women specifically. And what they really want to try to help women have business skills trainings They want to provide them with some financial services, and they want to connect them with other peers and mentors within the the company. And prior to this trip, you had gone to India, right? Yeah. About, what, two and a half years ago, three years ago, you'd gone to India and also seen firsthand how these women are having first, you know, firsthand experiences building their businesses. Absolutely. And in India, you know, there was this, there was a woman there who... She owned a store, and in India, the the lights, the power comes on and off, and so you don't always have a reliable source of electricity or power. And so, but a lot of people have cell phones still, which is amazing. So she Coke provided her with a solar refrigerated box, and so it was solar powered, and she could refrigerate her drinks. But then also, it provided connections for people to connect their cell phones and charge their cell phones. And so it sort of became this hub for people to come to. And then people would, while they were there, they would purchase the things that she was selling and they supported her in that way, Coca-Cola with their program. And that's what they're doing with so many of these business owners and they're trying to, to help. So in India, I saw a few things like that where it was really interesting to, to see how just a little bit of support can make a huge difference economically for, for women. That's awesome. I think that's so cool. So kind of 
I, li- I like to put things in context a little bit. Tell us a little bit about Nepal and kind of what the landscape is there. And then maybe talk a little bit about like their economy. So Nepal has Mount Everest. And in addition to that, it has seven more of the 10 tallest mountains. And its economy, because of that, is based entirely upon tourism, almost entirely upon tourism. And so for me, it felt like a really safe place. When I traveled to India, I needed a bodyguard, and in Nepal, I didn't need one. And so there are a lot of trekkers there, a lot of climbers, a lot of outdoor adventurers, a lot of people who want to get into religion, get there. Um, And they usually stop off in Kathmandu, which is Nepal's capital. And they can buy a lot of inexpensive but really nice outdoor gear there. And then they just head out to the Himalayas. And they head out to base camp. They start their adventures. Um, they find Sherpas to, to take them. And that's the way a lot of people earn their living by helping these outdoor adventurers get out and navigate the landscape. Tell us a little bit about the earthquake that happened. I mean, that was incredibly devastating, really heartbreaking to, to hear and to read, especially in the outdoor community. A lot of um, Sherpas and, and their families and, and whole villages that have been destroyed. Yes, and the earthquake was about a 7.8 magnitude earthquake, and it hit in the greater Kathmandu and Pokhara area, and there were over 9,000 people who were killed, and there were hundreds of thousands of people displaced. And at the time, uh, the Nepali Coca-Cola management team, they had to make sure that they were out and making sure that everyone that worked for them was taken care of and was safe. And once they were able to do that, they were able to get their uh, plant up and running after 44 days. And then they were able to provide people with clean drinking water, with clean bottled drinking water from their facility. And they were also able to donate a million dollars to the Red Cross Society. So the reason they went out to Nepal was to blog about the rebuilding process, but also the 5 by 20 initiative. Talk to us a little bit about the 5 by 20 initiative and kind of what, what empowerment looks like. And then talk to us a little bit about why you went out there. And maybe we can share a funny story about the first time we connected with Coca-Cola. Sure. Well, economically empower women, empowering women, it benefits them, but it also benefits the societies that they live in. So women tend to invest larger portions of their income on the health and education of their children in their local economy. So it makes sense to economically empower them. And what it looks like is providing in developing countries some very basic things. So providing clean water, supplies for, for women, sanitation facilities for uh, young girls in school who are going through puberty and wanting to keep them in school. It also is supporting those, as we said, those small entrepreneurs, retailers, as well as helping in Nepal specifically, the recyclers and a lot of the recycling women, making sure that they have fair prices for the peat bottles that they recycle. So tell us a little bit about what it looked like when you were there. Like, what, what did your trip look like? I know it's, it's a long flight, but I mean, it's not like you guys were staying at a hotel hanging out. It was, I mean, on the floor running, I mean, miles and miles 
to get in there. So tell us just a little bit about your trip and why you were there. Sure. So what was nice was that my husband and I went to Switzerland just before Nepal. So we were in Switzerland for a couple of weeks and we were hiking these beautiful mountains and we were in, even though some of the the places that we stayed were quite rustic, it was very interesting to go from one of the wealthiest, just a very wealthy country to a country that was very poor and the stark contrast. But in Nepal, their mountains are equally beautiful. The first thing that we wanted to do was to go out and see what Coca-Cola was doing to help rebuild one of the hardest hit villages by the earthquake. Everything was completely leveled. They didn't have anything. And so what Coca-Cola does is that they try to partner, they call it the golden triangle. So you have a you have Coca-Cola with NGO and then the government. And when all three of those are working together, you, they can accomplish a lot of great things. And so Coca-Cola had partnered with an NGO called Creation, and they started to rebuild this village. And as they started to rebuild the village, they saw that these village women didn't have a place and never did have a place that was a private sanitation facility. So they were they were bathing outside, they were going to the bathroom outside, they were getting cooking water and cleaning and doing everything just out in front of everyone. And that kind of leads to some issues, obviously. It can lead to issues of rape and other things. But they decided at this point that they wanted to make a Pandero, which is essentially, it's a, it's a community-based sanitation facility. So it's private and it's for women. The reason that they wanted to provide that was so that women could have clean cooking water that they could um, have water just ready, readily accessible for them right there. Currently, they have to um, walk 30 minutes to a, a watering hole that they share with three other villages. So when they get there, they make the 30-minute walk, but then it takes them several hours just to get the water that they need because they're standing in huge, long lines. So one of the women that I, women that I spoke with, she would wake up at 3 in the morning every morning to walk to this watering hole, get her water and come back. And sometimes they'd have to do that two and three times a day. Yeah. And we don't think about that when we just have water so readily accessible to us. But when water is in their village, that provides them with more opportunities to make bricks to sell in the market, to make jellies and jams out of the fruits from the trees that they're harvesting and to be able to sell. So they're able to help financially support their families when they don't have to spend so much time just getting basic needs taken care of, like water. And so that was really fun. And while I was there in that community, I was able to participate in the foundation ceremony of the first Pandero in that village which has now been completed. Well, tell us about that. What was that ceremony like? It was amazing. So it was a Buddhist ceremony. They were saying a prayer over the foundation stones. And then each of us and each member of the village and those of us who were with them had a chance to put some cement on the ground and then pour or sprinkle some flowers over the top, just the petals of flowers. And um, it was a really sweet ceremony. They want to dedicate each building that they have, and that's how they do it. Every time they they have a foundation of a new building, they will dedicate it. I love that. I think that's so neat. And I think we've got some pictures from that ceremony that we can include in our show notes. We'll be sure to add that. 
Now, Mary, share a little bit about the women in this community. And I, I think it's just so endearing. And I, I love this story about the women in Nepal and just the community of women there. So while we were there and we were talking with the workers with Creation, they told us that the women in Nepal are some of the strongest. They're stronger than the men, essentially. Um, in this village, they provided the women with they're these handmade machines to make bricks. And so the women decided how large their home would be. They had three different choices of, of the size of the home and where they wanted to position things. And then they would help one another build one another's homes. So they would make the bricks together and they would build them. And the men were, were gone during the day because they were out in the cities trying to sell, sell their goods and their services. And the women would be um, working in the fields and they would be building homes, maintaining homes, getting water, kind of taking care of the, the basic needs. So in this community, it was so fun because they were strong women. We, they were laughing at us when we were trying to make the bricks because it takes serious muscle. I mean, you have to pull these heavy metal containers right over the top of each other and press down with all of your weight uh, to make these bricks. And it was, it was tough. It was hard to do. But I loved the fact that they supported one another and helped one another. It was just this great community feeling. So it's, it's not like they were, you know, just building their own house, which I think is kind of like a, a Western culture of, you know, it's, it's, it's my house and, you know, I just build my own. But it's people coming together and helping each other to build their homes. And just wanted to make a side note that Mary is not like a weakling. She's not, you know, some little wimpy person. <laughs> like Mary's like a woman. Like she's got broad shoulders. Like she played basketball. Like she's very tall. <laughs> so, you know, in picturing Mary making these bricks, you know, it's not like she's some weakling, but that these women were, you know, I'm sure they were just just pure muscle to be able to do those things. Mm -hmm. And I love that they were able to, you know, do it together and that it really becomes very much part of the community and part of the culture. And I think that's just really neat. Absolutely. Mary shares what we can do to help this community of women and more about the 5x20 project when we return. I don't know about you guys, but I'm always looking for a way to wear my kids out. And one resource that I found is evelinejoy.com. Eveline Joy is a toy store. Check them out at evelinejoy.com. E-V-E-L-E-E-N-J-O-Y.com. What I really love is that they've got a lot of really cool STEM toys. So if you're looking for gifts for those older age, you know, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, I think it's a lot harder to find toys and things that they can be engaged in. But what I really love about these toys is that they're learning and they're continually engaged and can use them over and over again. Check them out, evelinejoy.com. We're back on the Go Adventure Mom podcast. Our guest today is Mary Edwards, and she is sharing encouraging stories of women in Nepal. Tell us a little bit about what we can do to support the women in Nepal and in, in India, and tell us a little bit more about the Five by Twenty um, initiative and how we can support that. Sure. Well, obviously, I I feel good about supporting companies 
that have social responsibility and provide opportunities for women. And I love my Diet Coke every day (laughs) or two. But, um, I, you know, Coca-Cola is a a for-profit company. They want to make money. But I think we should give props to those companies who are working really hard to try to give back to their communities, give back to the areas in which they work and really support women. And so I think kudos to them yes, for that. Absolutely. So you can support them by, by, you know, buying their products. But then the other thing is on online, they have a, an entrepreneurial retail program for their artisans. You can go online on Coca-Cola 5 by 20 and you can go shopping for, you know, some of these products that these women are making out of a lot of recycled products. And also just some of the, the really fun bags and other things that, they're, that they make. And so you can support them in that way as well. I love that. I love, you know, listening to the story. And, and I know there's many more stories that came from this. And I know that you got to know some of the guides. And you've shared those stories on our Go Adventure Mom site and in the Go Adventure magazine as well. So be sure to check out some of those articles. But what, what I really enjoy is finding this kinship with women that are halfway around the globe that, you know, are, are, are helping their families and trying to make a better life for them. And I love that Coca-Cola is part of that. I, I know not all, you know, big corporations are perfect and all, but it has really been very eye-opening to, to follow along with you as you've gone through this process and to see how, how genuinely they care about their employees and about their communities and about their families. So, is there anything else you'd like to add to that, Mary? I do want to say, as far as if you're going to travel to a developing country, you know, in the outdoors industry, we always talk about leaving a place better than you found it, right? So pack it in, pack it out, but also cleaning up the areas that, that you're, you're out and adventuring in. And I would add that if you're traveling in a, a developing country, that you should enjoy your adventure there, just take it all in, but then also try to find an opportunity to serve the country that you're in. There's a website called Developing World Connections, and it will connect you with volunteer opportunities in all of the developing world so that you can leave the country a little bit better than you found it and just feel like there's a part of you in that country. And I think that that just makes your adventure there that much more memorable. I love that. I love, you know, instead of just taking from a country and and being a tourist and just take, 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 but, you know, how can I serve and how can I give back and how can we have a little bigger understanding of each other and, and hopefully leave the world a little bit of a better place. Thank you, Mary. We enjoy having you on and appreciate you sharing your experience with us. You're welcome. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. Please leave an iTunes review or a Stitcher review and your feedback will help us to make the show better and to have more families find the podcast. Thank you so much. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Go Adventure Mom podcast. For more family adventure, visit GoAdventureMom.com. Plus, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends.